Hi, friends. Welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guest today is my favorite guy, Phil Baker. Phil is my husband of nearly 14 years. He's an amazing songwriter and an incredible author. We chat about his upcoming book and album and how he is seeing God's faithfulness in his writing endeavors. I know that you will love all he has to say. So without further delay, here is my interview with Phil Baker. Hey, Phil. How's it going? It's going well. Good. How are you doing today, Steph? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the podcast it's today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited. We had you on, I say we, the royal we, I suppose. Me and you. We had, <laughs> you and I had you on the podcast. All right. Um, I think it was maybe like November-ish, and I think you were episode 37. Ooh, so. that's a good number. Is it? Why well, is it a know. good number? Oh, okay. Know. All right. Psalm 37 is a good psalm. Oh, okay. Yeah, Michelle inherit the earth stuff. Oh. There's our dogs. Just moments into the podcast. That's sad. Yeah, but that's okay. Okay, let's do this. What's Psalm 37? Uh, it's something about like the meek will inherit the earth in there. You know, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Okay. That's... Desires of your heart, you know, cool uh, stuff. You know, I've been married to you for 14 years. Yeah. 13 years? Almost no. 14? Yeah. Okay, almost 14 years. 2007. All right, so almost 14. Yeah. And it's still like, I'm still like, how do you know what that chapter of the Bible is while we're sitting here right in this moment? Like if you started quoting it, I'd be like, mm-hmm, yep, I know that passage, but okay. I would never be like, <laughs> Psalm 37, the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, well, that, that mean it's not a direct quote. But yeah. that's where Jesus is pulling it from in the Beatitudes. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm, it's it's an impressive. Uh, there isn't skill. much about me that's impressive. <laughs> this this is well. I think there's God. a lot of impressive things. Speaking of impressive things, I really wanted to talk to you today about writing, specifically songwriting and book writing, because these are two things that you do very well, in my opinion. Well, and you are a little biased. I am a little biased. Yeah. I'm also a little married to you. A little bit. <laughs> so I when am. Do we, when do we move from the a little bit part? I don't know. Do we have to get to 15 years? Probably a, a bigger number than 14. Yeah. Maybe oh. 15. We'll say 15's a Maybe lot. Maybe 18 or 21 Maybe. when we're grown. <laughs> Maybe so. But I am biased, yes. But yeah. you are very talented in these areas. And I feel like God has gifted you in a lot of ways. I mean, it's. It's really evident in a lot of the songs that you've written and um, your book that you have written previously and the one that you are finishing up right now, um, you're editing and doing all the things for. And I wanted to talk about that process with you and what it is when you're, what it, what's happening when you're writing and how God has inspired you and how that has transformed your life. So in, the, in that same vein, tell us about your latest album. Okay. So I'm currently doing a five song EP called Genesis, which is kind of like a typological album. Uh, typology is kind of like foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. So like the way that uh, Jesus talked to his disciples in Luke 24, after the resurrection, he talked to the two on the road to Emmaus and then the 12. And he told them, he opened their minds to understand the scripture and show how uh, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead. And he did that in all like the, um, the prophets. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so going back to Genesis, since Moses is a prophet, you know, how is Jesus foreshadowed in like the story of Adam and Eve and um, Cain and Abel. Okay. So that's one song. And then there's a song about uh, like Genesis 6 through 9, the great deluge mm -hmm. stuff. And then moving forward, I skipped over Nimrod mm -hmm. uh, because that's more Antichrist than Christ okay. foreshadowing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, then went to Abraham and Isaac, did yeah. a song on that whole thing. 
and then one on Jacob, and uh, one on Joseph. Yeah. So it's just kind of, if you could think about an apologetic uh, EP to like maybe share with friends who accept the Old Testament, but maybe not the New, mm-hmm. and to show them like the way you can use this as a way of like demonstrating how the earliest Christians preached Christ without a New Testament. Mm. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I think that that's some powerful, powerful stuff as far as um, seeing Christ foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Um, when is that supposed to come out? Uh, October, hopefully October 1st. Okay. As that's we cool. speak, the last song is getting mixed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you have done a lot of the work on this. You've done most everything except for getting it mastered and mixed, or, or you're doing the mac- mixing. I don't know the right words. Tell me what you've done. I'm not mixing anything. <laughs> you're I can't, not mixing. I, as you know, I can't hear very well. You can't. And I'm not the best listener either. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Selective hearing, Phil. No, but I've had some great people playing on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, Chris Baker, has played several uh, very cool lead parts yeah. on it. And uh, my friend Jeremy Elkins has played some great piano parts, but I've done you know, the other instrumentation on it. Um, I have a couple of vocalists on this. One. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I was thinking about instruments, but yeah. Uh, Adam and Sarah Hawks both sang on it, yeah. and Meredith Crowder as well. Like Sarah and Meredith have both been on the Faithful Podcast, so. Yeah, check out friends, their stories. Yeah, Very cool stories, and hopefully Adam will be on it. Yeah, I'm hoping sometime so, soon. sometime soon. He's so. been on my show. So, That's yeah, awesome. great friends with the Hawks and the Crowders. And uh, yeah, and then Matt Weaver, who is Dan Enright's brother-in-law, Dan Enright <laughs> uh, and Jenny Enright, who have both been on your show. Yeah. Um, their brother-in-law is doing all the mixing and mastering, and he mixed and mastered the Babylon album as well as random songs here and there on other albums. But um, the dude is just great at what he does. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite song on the album? On that album? Uh... I guess. <laughs> um, you know you do. So I'm really I'm really happy with a song that all three of the people we mentioned sang on. Yeah. And my brother played on and Jeremy played on and Matt mixed. Nice. So you have a, a coalescence of all of those contributors on a song called uh, Belief which is about Abraham and Isaac. And I like that one the most because it's the simplest song on the album. Mm-hmm. I was trying to write a song that basically only had three chords. Okay. And it's the same three chords throughout the whole song, mm-hmm. but trying to make it kind of have different vibes, you know, throughout it. Um, except the bridge, there's a change up on the bridge, but um, kind of has a uh, death in his grave choir type feel. If y'all are familiar with uh, John Mark McMillan um, in the chorus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really happy with that song. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. I'm excited for it to come out. It's going to be available pretty soon. Yeah, Adam and um, and Meredith did a lot of the um, the choir kind of sound, and mm-hmm. Sarah helped on that too. But Sarah sings um, harmony on the second verse and bridge, and she just did a great job. That's awesome. We have some pretty talented friends. Absolutely. (laughs) Thankfully, there's a nice pool of talent in our our close friends. Yeah. And you have written a book. Mm. I I guess you would say it's finished, but it's just in the last little steps. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of friends helping out, I've had two great friends helping out. Um, A good friend of mine named Kurt uh, has helped out tremendously with formatting the book and helping me self-publish it. Mm-hmm. And that's been awesome. And then uh, Phil Patillo, who I've had on my podcast numerous times, who's a very, very smart man, yeah. much smarter than me, uh, has uh, edited the book for me. That's and awesome. uh, so that was really cool because we, we come from a little bit different theological perspective on certain things. And um, so it's really good to get pushback from someone that doesn't necessarily uh, agree with everything, yeah, um, and does it very graciously, but seriously, and so that's kind of been great for me to have someone uh, push back, like I said, uh, before it comes out, mm-hmm. so that I can address certain things and clarify things better. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, what's it about? 
Well, speaking of faithful, yeah, as your podcast is the Faithful Podcast uh-huh. with Stephanie Baker. Yeah, uh, the book is called Faithful Witness. Shut and, up! Uh, <laughs> you can't steal that. That's my name. I'm just kidding. I knew that was your title of your book. I'm just messing with you. I was just trying to be submissive in that sense. And Uh, you told me to shut up. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But I clarified this with you earlier. Don't pretend like you didn't know I know. I'm just messing with you. (laughs) It's banter, Phil. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's based out of uh, Revelation chapter 1. Uh, where Jesus Christ is called the faithful witness, right? The firstborn uh, from the dead. So um, the word uh, witness in Greek is uh, martus. Basically, that's the that's the main root word, and uh, it's kind of where we get the idea of martyr. So it's not just someone like observing something, though that could be the case, mm-hmm. uh, like a witness in court. It's more of someone who, the way I define a martyr in the book is someone who uses or lays, sorry, who gives their life to testify to the truth of the gospel in a manner consistent with the gospel. And so uh, the book, the book's subtitle, so here, here, here's the full title. I'm sorry to bury the lead, I guess. <laughs> but Faithful Witness, colon, uh, the, the Early Church's Theology of Martyrdom. So this is... Not like Fox's Book of Martyrs or Jesus Freaks Volume 1 and 2, uh, which just tell a bunch of stories. What yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. This is more about the why than the what. Yeah. So, um, and it's looking at the first 300 years of Christendom mm-hmm. um, before people like Augustine and uh, before the, the church and the state got together with uh, Theodosius in 380, or some may argue with Constantine in 313. Um, But before all that, so this is looking at the time when the church uh, would rather die for their enemies than kill their enemies. Mm. And so it's looking at a lot of why that happened. And so it addresses, first chapter is Jesus Christ, the ultimate faithful witness. Then looking at the apostles in chapter two as people who also followed the way of Jesus. And then uh, in chapter three, we're looking at this idea of lifestyle martyrdom because um, not all the apostles, we can't prove that all the apostles actually were martyred. So we can be sure that James, the brother of John in Acts 12, uh, Paul and Peter and James, the brother of Jesus, uh, all were killed for their faith. And there's a good case to be made for Thomas, but we're not sure about the others. Uh, but we are sure, we can be uh, completely confident that, that, that they were all willing to give their lives. Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, chapter three is about this lifestyle of martyrdom, this daily carrying your cross type attitude. Uh, then we're looking at uh, martyrdom as uh, evangelism, martyrdom as warfare, uh, we look at mar- I look at martyrdom as a word called perfection, which is a really weird concept. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm going too long, but yeah, just to, to explain it a little bit, this word perfection comes from the uh, word uh, telios, or uh-huh. telos, which means to come to a completion. If you think about an old pirate telescope, you know, it kind of like comes out in sections until it's all the way extended, yeah, extends, yeah. right? So reaching an end goal. Um, you think about Philippians three, Paul talking about not that I have already achieved my goal, um, not that I have become perfect, but I press on to to win the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Right. So the early Christians saw giving your life for Jesus as the ultimate way to express your love for Him. Mm. But um, yeah. Anyway, and then last. Uh, martyrdom in the end times, which I think is a pretty interesting chapter, how they viewed um, eschatology and how they thought they would be there during the reign of the Antichrist and using their lives as a means, like a last appeal to the unbelievers to like not take the mark of the beast, not follow the Antichrist, but to uh, truly believe in the risen slain lamb. Mm. Mm. So, uh, and then finally, there's an epilogue that deals with biblical proofs for the resurrection, which, I mean, martyrdom really only makes sense 
if you believe in the resurrection, the resurrection. and the restoration yeah. of all things. So that's it. That should also be out in October. Yeah. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Again, the EP is called Genesis. Uh, and then the book, Faithful Witness, uh, uh, The Early Church's Theology of Martyrdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You have had a busy summer. You have been writing and writing and working really hard. What, um, that book is not a topic that is particularly popular. <laughs> you know, like we don't like to think about our faith leading us to a place where we have to choose if we're going to allow, you know, we would be willing to lay down our life. What What do you think brought you to a point where you thought there should be a book about this? I wasn't really thinking about that. Yeah, I was just sitting at the de- uh, breakfast table before going to school last school year. Yeah. And um, like literally, like I had a conversation with you and then it just kind of like slapped me in the face. Hey, you should write a book about the early church's theology of martyrdom. So I and inspired like, this? I don't know. Like, I don't know how that happened other than God just was just like, here you go. Here's an outline. And so I wrote down the outline and then started putting the research together that day That's crazy. at school. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like when that you started it? This was in early May. Okay. Early May. And it is already written and has been for several weeks. That's crazy. You've been very, very busy and God has been giving you a whole lot to put down to paper. So that's awesome. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about music. I think it's really incredible how you are, um, you use these words that God gives you in order to sing songs of worship and uh, songs that um, bring praise to God. I want to know how you first started writing music. Well, what inspired me to start writing music was my dad and my brother. My yeah. dad's a guitar player and he's written songs. Mm-hmm. And my brother was, you know, like my idol yeah. growing up, two years older than me. So he started playing a year before I did. He had his own guitar and mm-hmm. he was writing songs. And um, yeah, so I didn't really take lessons and I, and I should have. I, I do regret that. But basically, I learned to play guitar by learning to play other people's songs, like the rhythm version, and then trying to write my own songs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember any of the early songs you wrote? Yeah, they were trash. <laughs> Absolute trash. Were you were you like an angsty teenager singing your songs? No, not really angsty in terms of like rebellion toward the world. It was more like love songs. Like happy love songs? Some of them, and then but like mostly not. Depressed. Mostly like rejection love songs. So in that sense, there was some angst. <laughs> Like, why don't you love me? Why don't you why don't you want to go out with me? Listen to this mixtape that I just gave you of songs I wrote for you with like boys to men, you know, uh trying to be a bass did, narration parts in between songs. You you tried to make your voice in oh, a bass. Can you do course. it really fast? Hey. Listen to this awesome love song, baby. <laughs> So I never got a mixtape with narration. Can you at some point, with all of your skills that you have mm. to produce music, yeah, add some narration to a mix CD for me? You got it. Okay. I want it. I want the full Phil Baker High School 100%. love story experience. The only problem is it won't be on an actual tape. I know. And but even I'll... CDs, I don't I can't play one on my laptop even. Yeah. What is we wrong can, with the world? How do you do bring it in a, a playlist? Yeah, make can, a playlist and yeah. and put it on there, and I'll I'll play it in Just class. Just don't put it in shuffle mode, or it won't make sense. <laughs> You're right. It has. You can't do shuffle mode with that. Yeah. So, what is your songwriting process in general? Uh, wait for some kind of inspiration, and yeah. then when I feel like I'm supposed to go pick up my guitar, it sounds kind of mystical. Yeah. But generally I'm not, not I'm, I'm not thinking about it anymore. Yeah. And it's just like you need to go get your guitar. And so I'll pick up my guitar. And most of the time when that happens, something decent will come out. Yeah. It will be some kind of musical 
progression or something. Mm-hmm. And um, then I'll just like sing some nonsense over it. That sounds like I have the gift of tongues, but you know, it's not that. It's not that. It's just uh, jumbled up nonsense that isn't real words. Yeah. You know, and uh, I have this cool app called something. Let me pull it. Super note. Super note. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like a little like recorder on your phone. And so I can record that nonsense. And then you can also like write notes with that. Okay. And so I'll write the lyrics there. And then play the less nonsensical yeah. version and record that and keep building it that way. You know, in our your previous interview or the previous interview on the podcast. We talked about um, going through the transition of leaving a church where there was a lot of corruption and there were a lot of issues. And you talked about how like an, a major outlet in that time was writing songs. Yeah. And you wrote a lot. And I, I mean, were all of them of this, you know, situation where you feel like you need to pick up your guitar and you just do it? Or was it ever just like kind of like a counseling session. Like you you have some time planned that you're going to sit with your guitar and just see where things go or... Well, I don't know if I've talked about this before. I think I have, but I think it was in the summer or fall of 2018. And we were out on Lake Travis with mm-hmm. your family. And so I knew I was going to be out there with your brother playing guitar out on the porch. And... um so I went out there, and we were just kind of messing around, just playing stuff. Yeah. Not trying to like necessarily like sing words. And the music for that song basically all came out with a little, you know, humming melody. For and which then, song? Oh, yeah. That's important. <laughs> it's called Rise. Oh, okay. And um, that came out real quick. Yeah. Uh, when I, I just kind of that night, lying in bed, wrote it all down. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the song that's like the most personal during that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's About the one. trash that we were all going through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's. It's so good to have that sort of outlet. Like I don't feel like I have much like that. Like I just talk, I either, you know, I'm praying and I'm talking through things with people and I might journal, but I think it's really cool that you have these songs that are something you can look back at. Um, How do you feel like, have have your own songs like later on been like served to be like a testimony to you? You know, since that album, a lot more of the songs I would probably say 80% of them are not about me. Mm-hmm. They're about Bible characters or Bible stories. Right. And um, that's really helped me write more. It, it, it really helps writers block, like yeah. lyrically. Mm-hmm. But in those stories, it's very helpful because you know, we're called all throughout Scripture to remember Mm-hmm. Remember the things that God has done. So the same things that there was Amos, the same things that God has done with other people, like the same God is is here today, moving with us. Right. And they've gone through all, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. They've gone through the same basic kind of stuff that we have. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why it's there. You know, it's written down for us to look at later on to, Mm. you know, it's important stories for us. Um, Yeah. I think it's, I think that's awesome. Do you feel like writing songs about Bible stories helps you connect with those, those Bible characters in a different way than maybe you would have just reading it? Or do you feel like. Helps me connect with God more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about connecting with them. Well, not connecting with them, but connecting with their story. Like you're saying, do you see sure. more and more of yourself in those characters? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's good. So how yeah. does it help you connect with God? Well, again, you know, remembering yeah. him in these situations. 
Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to put myself in the, those situations and think about what those people would be thinking, how they would be feeling, how they would be reacting. So it's kind of like, in that sense, like the uh, the Chosen TV series, yeah, where it's not doing like, sometimes there's straight quotes from scripture, but a lot of times they're trying to get into the psychology behind these characters yeah. in those moments. And that's a lot of times what I'm what I'm trying to do with with songs while telling the story, mm-hmm. trying to get inside their minds. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which of your songs do you feel most proud of? Now, that can be like something that sounds really nice, or it could be like something that you worked really hard on. I, you know, um, I think the song that I'm most proud of musically is a song I wrote for you called Growing Old With You. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Um, it's not a straightforward song. It's not like a one, four, six, five song, uh, just like a standard pop or rock song. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's pretty complex chord-wise, chord structure-wise. Yeah. And it's not like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus song. Mm-hmm. There is no chorus. The verses probably have 10 to 12 chords in them. Really? See, and I'm not musical. I don't know these things. I was like, I love this song, but I don't yeah, know how complicated it it's, is. It's, and they're, they're long verses. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bridge and then another verse. So two verses, a bridge, and a verse. Yeah. But it's super complex chord structure-wise. Yeah. Um. And there's a ton of rhyming. Like, I'm trying to rhyme as many words as I possibly can, uh, not just, like, having the end. Right. Yeah. Did that one take you a while to write? I don't think so. I think it it was, like, a day. Gosh, that's crazy. But I take my time. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was back in, like, 2011, 2012. And I take my time with songs I think that was even now. before that. Maybe. I think so. Well, I was think 31. I... So, yeah, maybe 2010 or 2011. It had to be right around that time because right. I'm talking about being 31 at that time. Right. But, um, yeah, 2011. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm real proud of that song. Yeah. Most, yeah, never mind. Go ahead. No, that's good. I, one of my friends um, that bought that, that CD likened it to when I'm 64. Mm. And I was like, that's a great comparison. I well, that. I mean, that's very generous. That, <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a really sweet song. And obviously, it has an extra bonus that it's about like us being, you know, following the Lord. It's about you, and beautiful. That. And it's about me. Yeah. And I mean, little fun fact when I was like 16 years old, you know, as we were talking about the impulsive things we say and do when mm. we're young. I think I wanted more than anything for a guy to write me a song. Yeah. And I remember telling a friend, if a guy ever wrote me a song, I think I'd have to marry him. Yeah. But you also told people that you would never marry a guy with tattoos. Uh-oh. I don't know that I said that. Maybe you said that was just a deal breaker for you. I don't think I said that either. Turn off? Because you said you <laughs> said that something. kind of stuff. I and I then you're know. like, what is that on your shoulder? I don't that remember this. Is repulsive. <laughs> no, I but I do remember saying um that if a guy ever wrote me a song, I'd have to marry him. And thankfully, thankfully the Lord did not allow that to happen until I met you. Because yeah. who knows what kind of wahoo I could have married. Which of your songs do you feel like came from the hardest place? Rise. Yeah. It was just like you were saying. I mean, the verses are maybe I'm just treading. Wait, maybe I'm not treading water. Maybe I'm drowning. Maybe this is just what I needed all of my life. Mm. And I'm forgetting the rest of it. Maybe it's worse than I know. I knew. But it's it's beautiful beautiful if it brings brings me to you. Yeah. Overwhelmed by rivers of hell, but you'll help me rise. Yeah. (laughs) That's deep. And that was in the midst of. Not the just corruption. Yeah, lots of things happening, and and our friends being pushed out of church and messed hurt over, and, yeah. over and over. So many of our friends. Yeah, it was really bad. 
Yeah, that but, was a hard time, but a really beautiful song came from it. So that's well, one. And beautiful friendships out of, of that time. Yeah. Like, I know you'll probably ask me later on what helps me stay faithful. And a lot of it is our friends that came out of that, you know, right. our small groups and um, especially a lot of the, you know, some of the people that have been on your show, mm-hmm. like the Enrights and, you know, the uh, Lights, you know, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Just so many friends that have become closer than a brother type yeah. friends, you know, like real family mm-hmm. out of that just chaos and, oh my gosh, so many heartbreaking things happened in that time. So many disappointments. Right. Um, man. Yeah. Yeah. But such incredible stuff. Yeah. You know, that's like Romans eight twenty eight, kind of, you know, on display. Mm-hmm. Big time, you know, God causing all things to work together for good. Right. For those who love him. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, been a couple of years ago now. And it's, it's sometimes hard for me once I get out of a really tough situation to remember how hard it really was. Um, I think that's also another great thing about like your songwriting is that you, you can kind of almost be transported back there. Not it's in like a, a journal. Yeah. It's like a journal. It takes, it reminds you of the hard things, but there's also hope. And I think that's in every single one of your songs that you try to, be completely honest because that's so essential to your personality and to just your character is that like honesty and authenticity is everything. But you also want to point people to the hope of Christ and that he is still worth being worshiped and still worth our praise, even in the midst of really, really hard stuff. So I think that's really awesome. Um, Who do you think, influenced you the most in writing music? Originally, again, it's my dad and my brother. Yeah. And with my brother, it, a lot of that is just like competition. <laughs> like, like, for real. Yeah. Like, and that's not, nece- that's not necessarily a holy thing, mm-hmm. but that's an honest thing. Like, I'm trying to earn my brother's approval. I've got to write a song that he thinks is, is really good. Right. I've got to like wow my brother. Yeah. And um, that was driving me. Sometimes that uh, can be a fool's errand, right? It was. Trying to impress an older sibling. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's uh, chasing after the wind in yeah. many respects. Mm-hmm. Because even when you do get that, it's not enough. Right. Um, as I got older, if you want to talk about like musical influences. Yeah. That would be more like uh, John Foreman's solo stuff is incredible. And then, you know, I'm a huge fan of Need to Breathe. Yeah. And we're going to see him again for like the sixth or seventh time here in October (laughs) with our good friends, Adam and Sarah Hawks. And our kids are going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So those are two major influences. I would also throw in people like Andrew Osanga. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think both with um, with all actually with all the bands you mentioned, but specifically um, John Foreman and Andrew Osanga, I see a whole lot of like just this soul bearing. I mean, I guess Need to Breathe does too, but yeah. um, I think that's such an an important thing to a musician to be really open and vulnerable. Do you ever find that like challenging, or have you always been okay sharing? that deep stuff well you know one time after leading worship a choir director came over to me and said well son you you certainly have the gift of gab um which was not exactly meant to be a compliment i don't think but uh yeah and being in youth ministry you're, you're always telling stories right trying to connect and of course telling personal stories connects Mm-hmm. So I kind of I think I kind of got used to that yeah. sharing that stuff. Um, and uh, I don't know. You don't you don't feel like you mind it too much. No, and it's, or it's just become second nature. No, to and you. I like attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some honesty. Yeah, 
especially when I'm on the phone with somebody. Yeah. Hey, help. look at me. Hey, hey. <laughs> you need all the attention. What about me? <laughs> somebody pay attention to me. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, how do you feel like your process for writing a song differs from your process of writing a book? Obviously, one's longer than the other. Yeah. You know, <laughs> writing a song, I think, is a whole lot easier. Um and even now, like being able to identify trash before it comes out, I'm not trying to act like everything I write is good, but I think I, I can identify a song that's going to fail a lot quicker and just not, not yeah. uh, go after it. So I don't know. I think I've I've spent so much time writing songs that it's just a little bit easier now. The production side of it, I mean, I have a really long way to to go. Getting better at producing, yeah. Um, but just the writing of it, yeah. not that hard. I mean, with a book, every little word, everything, yeah, gets uh, scrutinized, mm. and um, you can't cover it up. Like you can kind of cover up lyrics with cool music, yeah, in a song. If you really have cool music or a cool beat, people may not pay attention as much to the lyrics yeah. and may not even care as much about the lyrics. Right, yeah, But the, the lyrics, if you will, to carry the analogy over, are everything in a book. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And in a, in a song, you have a lot more like poetic license, like mm. creative liberty. You can say, hey, well, that was just, you know, to make this rhyme or to, you know, be a little more artistic yeah. With my words, whereas right. in a book, every word is Everything. intentional. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, do you, this is your second time writing a book. How mm. do you feel like your process differed first go round versus this time? Well, it was a lot faster this time than the last time. The last time it was over the course, I mean, more, more than a year. It's like a year and a half. And this time it's like, okay, I have a summer since I'm a school teacher. I have a summer yeah. to get this thing done. Yeah. So I've got to get after it. I'm going to write a chapter a week, basically. It's crazy. You know? And yeah. just think of it like a, writing a sermon. Mm -hmm. While I'm not writing a sermon in these books, it's not like a sermon. It doesn't read like a sermon. Right. But, yeah. And you did an audio book of this, mm -hmm. which is also like in that summertime, yeah. which is crazy. Mm -hmm. how, how did that go for you? Uh... Uh, one thing that's tough is not breathing as much. <laughs> yeah, like it's important to, to breathe. <laughs> it is important to breathe, but like you don't want to take big breaths a lot. Yeah. And so you're trying to minimize that. So I'm breathing really shallowly. <laughs> as you said that, I felt like I had to yawn. <laughs> yeah, you got to minimize the yawns as well. Yeah. And not scream when you yawn. <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, but no, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. I do podcasts. You yeah. do, I mean, we, we've been doing this stuff for a while, so it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. Well, no. I'm excited for having an audio version of the book. I know. Phil tells me I don't read anymore. I only uh -huh. do audio books, and it's pretty true. But you can still say you're reading, even if it's an audio book. Mm. I don't know. You'll have to. You guys will have to comment and let me know because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's still reading. I'm still going through a book. Yes. With my ears. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, um, you oh, did. Are we coming to the end of this? <laughs> That's sad. Not quite yet. Okay. I mean, are you ready to be done with this? Whatever. <laughs> I'm. I'm down. All right. Wherever you want to go. So you mentioned earlier um, our friendships being super important for you and helping to stay faithful. But is there anything else that you feel like helps you to remain faithful in the hard times? You. <laughs> you don't have to say that. No, it's true. You know, um, you know, every morning you're listening to the scripture, reading the Bible with your ears. For those that can't see him, which is everyone, <laughs> he just air quoted reading. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and that's that's cool because that always bring me back to something um, in my mind. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you know, you have a strong desire to serve the Lord and that's that's always inspiring. Mm, thanks. Yeah, and you know, it was easier when I was in ministry. And that might sound weird mm -hmm. in one sense because there's been so many 
failures in ministry um, lately. But um, what do you mean by that? Well, people, you know, like renouncing their faith and oh. rise and fall of Mars Hill and oh, Willow man. Creek, Joshua Hare. Do I need to go on? Like, there's a lot. Yeah. But um, it does keep you in a rhythm of sorts. Um, because you're always doing Bible studies, like three different Bible studies a week. And right. so you're you're in it all the time. And so it's a little bit harder with with what I'm doing now, um, ministerially. Mm-hmm. But having a sticking to a schedule with the podcast is good. Yeah. Sticking to a schedule with Patreon videos and yeah, I mean, it's I've gotta be in it as a discipline. You yeah. know, I Having a discipline of Bible reading and um, study is good. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, you mentioned just now the, the like people in ministry that have, you know, made other people maybe question their faith. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you and I both really like listening to podcasts, and we obviously have one, and we've been listening to a lot lately that— um, are kind of investigative journalism type mm. podcasts. Yeah. How do you feel like that's positively and maybe negatively influenced or affected you? It's almost to like a grief share in some respects. Yeah. Um, it can be bad if you go too much. Right. But there's a tendency with grief, especially in our culture, um, to not grieve, to be like, you know, the 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 harlot Babylon or whatever that's like uh, the or the woman the scar the woman that rides the beast I I you know I'm not a widow I will never mourn like put on the great face for Facebook you know mm. or whatever it is Instagram um, but um, and so there's this there's this inner pull to act like everything is great all the time and these things these episodes kind of help us go back there. And um, grieve, mourn, yeah. And in a, a lot of these these shows that we're talking about, like the rise and fall of Mars Hill or uh, the Roy's report, you know, yeah. different things like that. Um, there's going to be that hope too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like everything is bad. Yeah, it's all well. Jesus said this stuff was going to happen. Yeah. And these are people that are going through it too. And these are how, this is how they're getting through it. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. I think the fact that they're made by Christians makes a big difference. They're not trying to. Deconstruct your faith. Yeah. Like Derek Webb would. Yeah. They're not trying to like tear down the faith. They're trying to get out these, you know, or expose these like wolves in sheep clothes, sheep's clothing, or right. people that are causing harm to the body. Right. And so, I think it's not the intention behind it is not to just cause chaos and to break apart churches or anything like that. I think it's truly to like look out for the little guy, look out for the person who may not have a voice in that situation, or to validate maybe what people are going through. Because a lot of times if you've got this big name celebrity and you've got this just random person in the church, like your tendency is to believe the celebrity pastor if you really trust them and you really listen to them a lot. Um, yeah, your tendency is going to be to side with them rather than maybe this individual who you think might have ulterior motives. But I think it gives them a voice and a chance to share their side when sometimes they're not like... You and I were kicked out of a church without ever getting to explain anything of right. what happened. Banned elders, from a church. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. The elders didn't ask for our side. Yeah, nothing. And so, what that does in a lot of those situations is it they think it it silences people, and a lot of times it does. It mm. silences them, but in in reality, you know, you're you make it you're making that person look awful whether yeah. they did anything really wrong or not, that's your intention. But sometimes you end up making yourself or the person who's doing this, committing this against somebody else is make, they're looking worse mm. because they can't stand up to some scrutiny. Yeah. They're pre- preventing any sort of investigation. So right. 
Anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I I would think it's. I like a good soapbox. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, Can I say one more thing? Sure. Another one of our friends that has been really good at helping stay faithful is uh, our buddy BDK from Omega Frequency. Yeah. Um, and he's been on your show. Mm-hmm. Just a solid, solid brother. That's yeah. been always been there for me, you know, right. to talk through some of this stuff with. Yeah, it's really sad how frequently when we talk about like hard stuff we're going through, it happens kind of across the board in a lot of different church or parachurch settings. Mm. And so it is important to to share what you're going through. I mean, obviously we're we're called to pray and we're supposed to bring those things to the Lord, but we're not necessarily called to never tell anybody about that. Right. And so um, I think it helps tremendously with yeah. that kind of grieving. So what advice would you give to somebody who is interested in possibly writing a book specifically of a Christian or spiritual persuasion? Don't do it <laughs> don't, don't until you're up. older. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, you know, I think... I think Tim Keller was in his like 50s maybe when he wrote his first book. Oh, really? And that's probably a a wise thing to do. Like, I'm glad I wrote that book at 36 or 35, Mm -hmm. but I also wish I would have maybe waited in many regards. Mm. Um, I think this one is a lot better. Yeah. Partially because I'm I'm older and I'm taking a more serious approach to it. Like the other one is like almost like a youth ministry version of the early Christians. And mm. I don't think I was as well versed in it as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, four years of studying something uh, will make a big difference. Five years of, you know, studying something. Yeah. And um, so... Sometimes waiting a little bit, it would be a good, like write it, but don't necessarily publish it right. out. Then get peers to review it. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking about my buddy, my mentor, Phil, pushing back on it while editing, yeah. you know, and giving him free reign and not trying to argue, but like receiving that stuff. I think that was really good. So that you can see how people who may not totally agree with what you're saying at certain places uh, will respond. Because then that helps you clarify your arguments better. Right. And maybe be a little bit more gentle in certain yeah. places while still maybe saying your point, mm-hmm. but not saying in a way that will push people away and instead right. maybe draw them in. You know, I have a tendency to be offensive I can I can attest to that. <laughs> you know. And some of it's not intentional and it's yeah. definitely not to try to like get clicks anymore. I think I did some of that earlier in my life, but I'm not I think I'm just a jerk and I don't realize how jerky it can be sometimes. Like yeah. Some of the statements. And so Having someone read that that's a you know much older and wiser than me and be like, are you sure you wanted to say it this way? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's probably a that's probably not the best way to communicate that point. Yeah. You know, well, it's good. Step one in being less of a jerk is recognizing the problem. Oh, okay. Step two is listen to your wife. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's I think that's really good advice. I think also. Um, one thing we learned. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. You're don't not. use it. Don't try to get a publisher. That's what I was going to say. Don't do that. You interrupted, and I had the same point. Hey, there's your phone again. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a waste of money. Well, I mean, if a publisher reaches out to you, perhaps that, I mean, if you're that big of a deal that they want to publish your book and there's no cost to you, that may be a great route. But yeah. we went the route of like a almost like a co-publishing sort of thing. Like we paid half the first go round and we got like a whole bunch of books but it has they didn't help me there was no promotion promoted at all and that was all the grace of god and a lot of bdk and justin fall yeah and man yeah it was not not ideal so you're doing the self-publishing route Mm. and um 
It's a lot lower cost, a <laughs> lot lower. Yeah. Yeah, and we won't end up with like boxes and boxes and boxes Maybe one of or the two. book. Yeah. I might get like a hundred or something. Yeah, like that, I think that's a, a reasonable amount. We yeah. had literally a thousand copies of yeah. the book in our house. They're gonna be really good if the power goes out for a month in the winter and yeah. we run out of wood. <laughs> We're stockpiled up on paper. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find you? Close by your side. No. Yeah. Not always. Uh philsbaker.com. Um that's that'll take you to everything. That'll give you a link to the Patreon page if you want to support stuff. Um Your podcast is Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker. If you type in Phil Baker into your podcatcher search bar, not only will you find me, you'll probably find Faithful Podcast with Stephanie Baker as well. Ooh. Very close beside, especially if you're using like Apple Podcasts or whatever. Do you yeah, think it's because Apple in, knows we're related? Maybe. That's weird. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. Okay. And your books? Your book is coming out in early October? I don't know October? about early. I think the the EP Genesis will be out early October, and my guess is that the book will be out in late October. Okay, and the music they can find on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff, right? Apple Any Music. Apple Music. Yeah, uh, Amazon Music. Amazon Music, okay. I think I'm going to be making like a 100... or some physical copies of the album as well. Okay. You might have to contact me to get those. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Amazon may get some. It I don't may know. it may be a little more like a little bit not as straightforward to get a for, physical copy. For the EP. For yeah. the book, there will be physical copies of that as well on a print on demand option, but it'll be a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Um than like the audio version or the Kindle version. Yeah, so they can all find that on Amazon then. Oh, yeah. Through your website, and you'll have it other, linked up. Yeah, other places too, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. very cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today. You're the best. <laughs> oh, thanks. You are. No, you are. Oh, you're yeah, sweet. I know. I appreciate it. And I, I really appreciate you just sharing about your process and what God has brought you through and just basically journaling through writing in different forms. I think it's awesome. Anytime you need a pinch hitter, I'm more than happy to come on the podcast. I will hold you to that. I will gladly step up. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I love you. Love you. I always love when I get a chance to interview Phil. I love how God has blessed him as a songwriter and an author and how he turns around and uses those gifts to help fulfill the Great Commission. I hope that this interview has been a blessing to you. You can find all of Phil's books, his music, and his podcast on his website, philsbaker.com. Be looking out for Genesis, his upcoming EP, and Faithful Witness, his upcoming book about the theology of martyrdom, coming out in October. If you enjoyed the podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to others. You can find me at faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.